clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. everybody welcome to simultaneous catch on vacation on the cruise jamaica yeah Ooh, i want to take you to bermuda bahama come on pretty mama that was pretty good i'm really that's our new karaoke song (laughs) when we suit up if it's on there we'll probably so josh and i are on a cruise right now and the very first night was wild i mean we made a name for ourselves very quick everybody knew who we were a popular dance, guys. By dancing to ABBA. And I'm glad you said that correctly. I'm trying. And at the end of, <laughs> at the, end of the night, we decided we were going to bring down the entire house by doing our signature karaoke song, and they didn't have it. So that was pretty disappointing. So maybe they'll have that. I don't even know what I that digress. song's called. Kokomo. Okay. <laughs> Beach Boys. Love it. <laughs> yeah, so we are uh, coming to you from the... Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, we are in the Caribbean right now. Uh, sailing back towards Miami. We left Costa Maya behind yesterday. It was a very nice time. It was fun. I, I mean, I'm having the time of my life. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. Adam got a little sunburn, but I, yeah, it's it's like on one side of my shoulder, and I it think is it, kind of awkward. I think it's because after it's like we, a shark tooth. I think after we went in the water the second time, I didn't put sunscreen on because we were pretty much done with the day. But I think my one shoulder was like just outside the umbrella. Huh. And so, yeah. it's pretty bad, actually. It, be. it hurts it is, a lot. <laughs> it does look pretty dark. <laughs> I digress. Vacation Adam doesn't care. Vacation Adam doesn't care at all. When we get back, people become frantic. Yeah. But it's fine. It is okay. So, a lot going on in the NFL, kind of. Kind of. Sort of. The other thing about this cruise is that the Wi-Fi is ridiculously overpriced, so we've just decided to go without it. Which yes. has been Okay. It's been fine, and but yes, some of us have been handling it better than others. First of all, I'm not, I'm fine, <laughs> uh, but we had uh, free Wi-Fi at our little beach restaurant yesterday in Costa Maya, Mexico. Big Mama, Big Mama, and we were able to check some news, so that, so we we're, we're kind of caught up, even though not much has happened. Yeah, so we're going to talk about a couple of news items, and then we'll get into a few other little 
segments, so I guess if you want to call it yeah. that. So I guess one of the biggest things is that the Eagles announced that Nick Foles will not be tagged. And there was a lot of debate that he would be tagged or not, and then they would try to trade him with the tag on and then sign an extension elsewhere, but he will not be tagged. So he's going to be a free agent. He will be the bell of the ball, so to speak, heading into free agency at quarterback. And like- Adam Schefter says that the Jacksonville Jaguars will be the favorite. Which is interesting. Oh, I feel like that makes so much sense. It makes a ton of sense. It's just logical, I feel like, for anybody to say, like, oh, no, like, maybe not. That's silly. (laughs) It it makes clear-cut sense for Jacksonville to want a quarterback such as Nick Foles. But talking about Philadelphia, I think that it really is a classy move. Yeah. Because they didn't need to do that. They could have tried baiting Nick Foles. He could put him out on a hook, and somebody would have bit. Maybe not for something extremely high. Maybe they don't get a second-round pick, but, but they could have gotten something. something. Yeah. And I feel like they just went to the Nick Foles, and they said, we respect you. We respect what you brought to our city, your leadership, and we're going to let you go out the way that you want to go out, and so yeah. you really control your destiny. And that's, I mean, that's very uncommon in the NFL. And, I mean, most people had that happened the way with the tag and everything. You know, most people would say there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a business, and that is what right. it is. And you know, it's not mean, but it's just it's it speaks a lot about that organization and how they feel about Nick. And I mean, honestly, if a team like the Jags land Nick Foles, I think they'd become a contender right right again, right away. I really do think that their biggest problem was was Blake Bortles last year. So I mean, the puzzle pieces just fit. We talked about it way back when it was first announced, but them getting um, Jack. I want to say Del Rio. <laughs> That's not it. Uh, Di Filippo. Yeah. Um, John Di Filippo. John. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Excuse me. Um, getting him, that's huge for them, and I feel like that's the the missing puzzle piece right there to get Foles to make him comfortable to have that that and they entity can, he knows and can still draft with. a quarterback if they wanted to. That's a very good point. Uh, but this also Nick Foles being 29, 30 years old, he could still play for a while. They could hold off a couple of years or until next year with. Guys like Tua Tagovailoa and uh, Justin Herbert out of Oregon, like, you know, you can wait for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good. It's a good point. I don't think it's going to be truly necessary. I mean, we talked about it and we found out. Wow, it's got so much louder in here. Like the minute we walked in. <laughs> yeah, we didn't say we were where we're in. So we're on deck thirteen in the Spinnaker Lounge, which is kind pretty of pumping like, place. But usually, is. when it's not a dance party, it's pretty quiet. There's a lot of dance parties and game shows that happen in here. So but it's a beautiful room. It's it, did, a, it did get much louder like, once we started our episode. It's a three sixty like mirror, not mirror, but windowed room, so you can kind of see all around. It is pretty neat. It's very nice. Regardless, um, Nick Foles is only twenty nine years old, and he is. Pretty much as close to a proven winner as you can really get. Sure, he had his I mean, downtime in, in as St. Much Louis, but to a proven winner you can get with quarterbacks that are going to enter free agency. You know, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year, you know, people were talking about sort of. I don't want to mention them in the same breath because I think that Nick Foles is obviously better than Tyrod Taylor. But Tyrod Taylor was similar too with a guy who led a team to a playoffs, becoming a free agent. Yeah, you know, that's he ended up not because we ended up trading him. Uh, the Bills did to Cleveland for a third-round pick, but quarterbacks like that don't – starting caliber quarterbacks do not come around like that that often. So I'm very excited to see what happens. I'm, I'd be shocked if he did not end up in Jacksonville. But – I mean, there are other you know, places. Weird things that always happen. Washington might make a play for him, depending on how they feel about Alex Smith and his health. That would be interesting. I'm trying to think of other quarterback needy teams. 
honestly, I really wish that Tampa Bay would just move on from Jameis, and I think that would be a great fit for Nick right into Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. What else is going on around the NFL? There is obviously the uh, talk about a little bit darker news for a quick minute, and I think you're probably a little more informed about this than I am. We don't know what's happened this week necessarily, but uh, the Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft information, yeah, I almost forgot about it. Uh, so he, it hasn't been proven that he's been part of this. Well, first of all, before we go into that, tell us what happened. So basically, I, I don't know all the details, and obviously I actually almost forgot about it until you just brought it up. But so I don't think he was arrested or anything. I don't but, believe he has been yet. But it was – it is. These people have suspicions and is believed that he paid for services from I, I don't I don't know if it's a call girl or a hooker or or whatever but it, it's something like that and the, whoever it was is connected with a much larger sex trafficking ring in Florida yeah uh, so the one of the reporters that was telling the story said he has sources. Uh, from and around this sex trafficking ring, stating that Robert Kraft is very much involved, and that there, and that he is quote not the biggest name involved. Wow. End quote. So, uh, more scary. and I mean, obviously, we've been <laughs> overseas for a while here. Yeah. So we we are kind of disconnected from a lot of the information, but this will just continue to, and continue to unfold and. You know, I remove all my personal biases out of this and just I'm going to have to see it unfold because if it's true, it's that's about as awful as you get being involved with sex trafficking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's delve into that for a quick minute from the realm of the NFL. Obviously, something on this scale goes outside of that. This is a much larger life, moral issue than than just the NFL but now we're talking about the three pieces that have created this dynasty of the New England Patriots over the last 20 years now you have something against each one of them obviously we have the Bell Belichick when they caught Spygate and then we Mm -hmm. have Tom Brady in the deflate gate Uh and now if you have Kraft the owner with something like this that the three faces of that Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. that created this dynasty, there's there's tarnish at some level, obviously with different severities on each yeah. one of them. What does that mean to that dynasty? I really, I really don't know, and I think that this is only the very, very beginning of all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Obviously, it depends what happens with, with Kraft, because he could be removed from his position. It's very possible. Yeah. It could be a sale for the team, and the whole team could just be so different in months. Yes, absolutely. Uh, or nothing could happen. You know, and there's certainly been stay there, and it can move on. And there's and, certainly you know, been owners that have got ousted for less, right? If these allegations yeah. are true, and I, so I don't see any of this ending very well, for, especially for Robert Kraft, let alone the Patriots organization. But you know, I think that this is something that's going to be talked about all the way up and through their careers and through the time that. They'll start to talk about these player, players and personnel and coaches and owners with the Hall of Fame talks and things like that. And I think that this will always be with everybody in that organization, yeah. which is unfortunate for those who aren't even remotely involved with it. 
but it, I, it's the severity of something of this nature sticks to anything that's near it. So yeah, that's a real interesting point about how actions outside of your main. I don't know, I'll say priority or goal in life. If you you do things outside those realms, it can still affect those realms, can affect those around you. Yeah. It's just a, a very fascinating point about how your actions have consequences not only for you, but it can affect just those around you. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So we'll obviously find out more about that moving forward when we get back uh, on land. I'm sure there will be some semblance of developing news about it as it's been continuing to be investigated this week and, and moving forward. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that uh, as we get more into the off season. Mm -hmm. But uh, some intense times going up there in, in Patriot Nation. Let's uh, change the topic a little bit, get a little little more lighthearted. Yeah, maybe it depends on lighthearted depending on who you are. Let's talk about uh, some of the quote-unquote drama question mark going on in Arizona so there's a lot going on about how they they hired Cliff Kingsbury who way back when said if he had the number one overall pick to draft Kyler Murray he would do it obviously they're in that position now I know we we've briefly talked about this for a quick moment a few weeks ago but this is just a question that won't go away can can you just imagine imagine if you will Listeners and Josh and everybody, let's imagine you make a statement that you know in your heart will never happen. And then one day, magically, the scenario happens. Right. <laughs> That's literally, it's literally like saying... Isn't it crazy? It's literally like saying to your wife, if Jessica Alba comes up to me and says she wants to marry me, I'm leaving you. And then the next day, Jessica Alba comes up to you and says, be with me. It's unbelievable. He said, if I have the one more, and then he ends up being the head coach of the team. Right. And I mean, number one overall pick. It's unbelievable. The odds are astronomical. <laughs> First of all, he said that when he was in college. He was a college coach. Right. So he's not even in the NFL. Don't think he, probably that was even on his radar. I mean, obviously, there are some coaches who are very committed to the college game. I mean, I feel like he's obviously always had aspirations of being a Head coach in the NFL, otherwise he wouldn't have taken the job. But I don't think sure. he really thought he was going to be. A but even head at the coach time, and... even at the time, his teams weren't overly successful. Yeah. So I feel like he had room to grow, and that's a big question mark that people are talking about whether or not it was good hire or whatnot. Think about it: when he was hired to be a head coach, he wasn't even technically a head coach in college. He was an offensive coordinator. Yeah. So it's a, it's been a weird path. Yeah. Regardless, so last year the Arizona Cardinals traded up to number nine to take Josh Rosen had probably the most stagnant rookie year of those first round quarterbacks yes and um, still has a lot of question marks surrounding him so does. they have had different comments come out Kingsbury said Josh is our guy yesterday you pulled up a, a quote was it from the GM or I think so the owner he said Josh is our guy right now so it kind of adds yeah. like one of those like little asterisk comments like hmm what's that mean like yeah and, he's right now and here's my he said thing the same about, thing about Blake Bortles yeah I was gonna say I mean, here's my thing about this is that most people will say in response to that oh well he's just talking he didn't mean it that analytically they're like no, no. 
the people who run organizations in the NFL think of everything that analytically. Sure. So when he says right now, he means right now. He means if there's an opportunity, we will move on. I, that, I guarantee you that's that's exactly what's in his head. It's not Josh is our guy, period. He said right now for a reason. I don't think that they're going to draft Kyler Murray, although I certainly would love the drama, and I would, and I, and I think that'd be fun for Kyler in Arizona, but uh, I do not think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. I feel like Arizona has a lot more problems than just their quarterback. I feel well, like if you take Kyler over <laughs> one, it's not putting him in a great position to succeed. I envision, not in terms of record so much, but in terms of turnaround, I do envision a Jared Goff-type turnaround for Rosen. Yeah? With Cl- Cliff. That's I do, an interesting comparison. I do see that type of turnaround for him. I don't think it'll be the turnaround in the fact that they win a division like Goff and, and McVay did a couple of years ago, sure. the first year. Yeah. Nor am I saying in two years they're going to lose to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but... I do envision that type of turnaround for the two of them. I think Rosen does have the talent, uh, and I think Cliff is smart. And I know on our last episode I said if I had to pick a bust, it would be him. And still, it, like if you forced me to answer that question, I would still say he is the most likely. Okay. That doesn't mean that he will. Right. Um, but, and like I said, I, I will, I'm, gonna stick, I'm sticking to this no matter what, is that I said this is going to be the most uh, successful quarterback draft class since that 83 draft class with Marino and, wow. and Co. So, I'm gonna put the Big Ben, Eli, and then the 04 class is up there Rivers. too. Yep, that one's up there too. But uh, and if I had my phone, I'd look up the rest of the people in that other draft class. But uh, yeah, that was a big three. I do think I do think that Cliff Kingsbury and Rosen will will find a way to work. That's a very fascinating comparison. I never put that together. But if you think about it. Because Goff, that was the year that similar. Todd Gurley really struggled. And people were like, what's wrong with Gurley? And David Johnson Same, just struggled. Similar, very, very similar with David Johnson. They were just in a stagnant offense. And I hope that all of our uh, buddies in our fantasy football league aren't listening. Because I'm targeting David Johnson in the draft next year. I'm going to take him number one overall. If you do that, then fine. Kudos to you. Because he's going to fall to at least the second round. I think he will as well. So. <laughs> I think he will as well. But yes, don't want to give away too many of my fantasy secrets. Not yet, not yet. But I, I do agree. I do think Josh Rosen is still deserving. I don't want to say deserving. Nobody really necessarily deserves anything, especially after his struggles. But I think he should stay in Arizona. I think it would be... Mm-hmm. I think it would be... This may seem like a simplistic comment, but I think it would be much more detrimental to his career to have a move. I feel like he'd almost be set up to fail. More yeah. so if they moved him. Because it's a very unique situation, but I agree with you. Or maybe it could be a chip on his shoulder and he would come and be an awesome awesome Brett Favre thing. I mean, we'll see what happens, but uh, I think he's there to stay, and I think that he will have a very nice comeback season next year. Get some line help, and who knows what that team could be. I mean, yeah, that team, honestly, most teams that go into a rebuild have like a ton of spots to fill. But they also have, you know, they need stars. Arizona has stars on the team. They do. They need the other areas filled out. You know, they still have Patrick Peterson, who is still one of the top corners. They still have David Johnson, who struggled last year, who is still one of the top talents at running back. They have Larry Fitzgerald coming back for a year. Yeah. They found a rookie last year in Christian Kirk, who found, you know, an inkling for 
big plays. You know? pretty good. They Rosen and they had a Kirk nice had connection a, at the end of the year. They still have Chandler Jones on the defensive end. So I mean, they have. That's probably where they're going to target it, most likely. Yeah, and with the first overall pick, but they have a lot of pieces. They just have to put the rest of it together, and they've made some moves too. You know, they signed Charles Clay. Former uh, Bills tight end, who at moments showed very great talent and ability. Sure. I just think his time had run out in Buffalo. That's probably, speaking personally, I feel like that was probably their weakest offensive point was their tight end. Tight I end, feel like yeah. they haven't had a very I mean, consistent tight end for Ricky Seals Jones, quite some time. Um, who was a, sort of a vertical threat, but didn't really do a lot of the other things super well. But uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for Arizona. We Arizona's kind of a team that we kind of like together. We have joked that if we were going to bro parent one day, that would be our our child's our football child's team. team. Yeah. But uh, so I always have an eye on, on Arizona and, and what they're doing because I do enjoy them. But that division is ridiculously tough. You know, oh, absolutely. The Rams just made the Super Bowl. The Seahawks still have Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, who were not far behind. You know, San Francisco with Garoppolo and Shanahan at full health next year is going to be very intriguing to see. So uh, that, that'll be that's probably one of my favorite divisions outside of ours right now. I, think I know we I'm almost guaranteed that we've said this before, but that I love that about football because you remember five years ago they were the worst. It was the garbage football. division. Yeah. And I think that's so cool <laughs> that we've turned around. Obviously they lost the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl But they were in the Super the Bowl NFC the NFC defending champs. Was was from that division and Seattle was there and Arizona was almost there. I think that's just so neat. Yeah. I agree. Let's talk about some drama in New York because everyone's been going back and forth. I mean, dating back to last year, maybe even two years ago, depends on how far back what your feelings on Eli Manning are. People have been crying for Eli Manning to be gone. Pat Shermer did come out this week said it and this said, week. I want Eli back. Didn't read anything. I just saw that quote. So maybe... That doesn't even mean as a starter, if we're talking about how these statements can be analyzed yeah. and taken, maybe he means, I just, I want him to to groom a rookie, to be like that veteran guy, but he wants Eli back. More likely than not, that means to be your starter. On the face of things, I think that's probably what most people think. Maybe not. I know how you feel about Eli, uh, but looking at this draft class and the, the limited knowledge we have right now about it, what do you think about that? I think we have to be careful, especially in this point of time in the NFL calendar. This is the time in the calendar where coaches, GMs, and owners lay the groundwork for the draft. Yeah. Pat Schirmer may not even mean this. He may simply say this so that nobody above seven takes the quarterback they want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very, very highly possible that this is just a smokescreen, and they want people to know that they're comfortable staying with Eli, so they may not take a quarterback. And that's all it takes for a team not to trade up so that the guy that they want falls to them. So I really actually don't buy this at all. Okay. I mean, I I think Eli's serviceable. I think his time should be done. I think he should move on. And I said that over the season. You did. Uh, but, you know, I think that if they keep all their pieces, they upgrade their offensive line and a couple pieces on defense, they're right back in the thick of it. They don't have a bad football team. They have one of the best young talents in the NFL in Saquon Barkley. Absolutely. They still have a ton of defensive talent from a couple of years ago where they spent all that money to get those people in there. Yeah. I just 
So I don't think they would be a bad team if they kept Eli and continued to go. I just think they'd be so much better if they moved on to a better quarterback. This is another team that I would look at with 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 uh, Nick Foles. I think they'd be very interesting. I would love that matchup. I think that's gonna happen to get Nick Foles with Saquon and and OBJ and playing Philly twice a year. I don't buy it though. I really, I really feel like they're just gonna draft Dwayne Haskins and call it a day. I agree. I think. In if if we do a mock draft, which I'm sure we will, I do have right now, and I feel I like we'll I will do, have we'll consistently throughout. I think Haskins is going to go to New York. Okay. I think Haskins is not the most talented quarterback in the draft by okay. any means, but I feel like he fits a Pat Shermer offense. Okay. But I truly, obviously, Haskins is is much more young. He's much younger. He is obviously more mobile than Eli right now. Yeah. But I don't think. They're too far off. I feel like that is a big reason why Shermer would want Eli, because I think if they even if, if they draft Haskins, he may start down the road this year, depending on how they're doing. Yeah. But Eli is going to be the day one starter, yeah. and Haskins is going to learn a heck of a lot from a two-time Super Bowl right. and champion. Eli's never really never been the kind of guy where we're just like, oh, he has the physical tools, you know? Right. Eli's always been a high football IQ guy who got the ball out quick and had sort of that grit and that it factor. And there's, I mean, it's never more on display than his two Super Bowls. Yeah. Where, you know, the throw to David Tyree and then the throw to Mario Manningham, two times in two different Super Bowls to be the Patriots. When they were underdogs, he just had that it factor to make a play. Right. Clutch. And that's something that I think that, that, a guy like Haskins really needs because and needs to learn because again, I'm not a big Haskins fan, but the biggest reason I'm not is because he played on a, on an Ohio State team that was never really tested that often. Sure, you know That's fair. their their biggest tests were you know when they beat Penn State by like one or two points and they almost lost that one, but the defense made the big play at the end of that game. You know, and the other times they were tested, I really don't think that he was the one that stood up and said, no, we're going to win. So, I, again, we'll see what happens, but uh, he could certainly benefit from gaining some of the traits that Eli has, because I think they're kind of opposites in terms of their characteristics. Okay. To be, yeah. to be honest. I like um, that. I think that Haskins can learn from a quick release that Eli has. He can learn from, you know, better decision-making, which... <laughs> Eli hasn't always Sometimes been, hasn't always been that, but when Eli's on, that's one of his <laughs> that's one of his things, you know. But uh, we'll see what happens. I think the quarterback escape this year is one of the most interesting that we've had in a very long time. Um, certainly with free agency, but uh, when you add on a draft class that is really kind of unknown with the quarterbacks, yeah, because there's really only two guys that most people consistently say first round quarterbacks. All the other guys they're looking at are okay. He's pushed up because somebody needs a quarterback. So I mean, that, that's very natural. Which happens, but I just uh, I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I said it uh, during the season. Obviously, Eli Manning is is declining. There's, I mean, it would be silly to say that he's not. He's like 37. But <laughs> I'd really feel get a few more offensive linemen that you need. There, there were just too many times that. Eli was being pressured. He was afraid of being pressured. That that's when it became check down to Saquon Barkley. Well, and you can. And another thing about it is, think about it. Saquon had an amazing year with a bad offensive line. Yeah. So you had a good offensive line. Think of how amazing a year Saquon could have. Absolutely. Which always elevates quarterback play. Absolutely. So, so 
New York, get Haskins, get some linemen. I feel like you're pretty solid. Get that defense back to clicking where it was a few years ago. You didn't really lose pieces. They just weren't performing the same way. Right. And uh, it could be a scary team once again. Could be. Absolutely. All right. So, any uh, other things that stuck out to you that you wanted to talk about? We'll move on to our next segment. All right, let's talk about our, our segment. So we're on vacation, obviously. We talked about it. I don't think uh, either of us would say this is our dream vacation, but it's, it's been fun. It's I been mean, I, getting, getting the sun, and I don't even which know, is Adam's I don't, enemy. But, I don't you even know. know what I would say is my dream vacation. So for right now, yeah, this has been my dream vacation. Okay, well, we're going to do our, lot of fun. our dream off-season scenarios for That's our team. Fun. So we're going to pretend that there's no tagging. Uh, all the potential free agents that we can think of off the top of our heads have become free agents that are oh, on the market. Okay. So an example is Javian Clowney. He's most likely going to be franchise tagged by the Texans, but he's not in this scenario okay. because they're our dream scenario. So if you want him on the Bills and it's 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 doable, then you can do it. Now that that is the one caveat. Maybe that makes it not extremely dream. Related because it, you can't you can't just load up on every single free agent. Right. That's no, I understand. Become the super. Team, Is there a limit but, on how many moves we can make? Um, let's just say. I'm not gonna list like 20 moves, but I'm saying like. Yeah, let's say for the a specific number. Let's say no more than five. So we say the five dream scenario moves. Yes. Okay. For the Buffalo Bills. Am I going first? You're on the clock. All right. <clears throat> this is my dream scenario. Here we go. Let me just say. It's not, not most of this isn't going to happen. That's okay. But my dream scenario is that we trade for Antonio Brown. That's the number one. Okay. I've thought about this a lot because most people will say, "Oh, I don't want him. I don't want him." And ironically, uh, when Josh and I were getting on the boat, our buddy Kevin, who I paid ten dollars to get our <laughs> luggage to us on the boat, and we got our luggage like last. I was upset about that. Duke. But anyway, and he asked a passenger. Who he thought was an employee. Ugh, ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, he said, I don't want Antonio Brown. I don't want all the drama. I don't care. I think I think, I think Antonio gets out of Pittsburgh. He gets out of that atmosphere. And he goes somewhere else. And he's the, the Antonio that we know and love. Who just catches 100 plus passes every year. 1,000 plus yards. And 7 to 10 touchdowns. And I think that. Him with Josh Allen would be amazing. Yeah, could be. So, so that dream scenario one is that we trade, not a first round pick, but maybe a second or a third round pick and a player if we need to. Okay. For 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 Antonio Brown, <clears throat> land him. I would really love to sign Tyrell Williams. Okay. Wide receiver, free agent out of Get going heavy on wide receiver uh, out of Los Angeles. Well, uh, I'll explain why. So we land Antonio with trade, and we get Tyrell Williams with free agency. So then we have Zay Jones, Robert Foster, Tyrell Williams, and Antonio Brown. I think it's a great foursome of receivers. I think it's so solid. So that when we get the draft, we don't have to worry about reaching on receivers. Because as much as I love uh, DK Metcalf, I believe out of Ole Miss, wide receiver, love him. Uh, I love Anthony Brown. From Buffalo, solid. Like I love, or, I love all. Or is it Anthony Johnson? Anthony Johnson around. I can't remember at the moment, but he plays for University of Buffalo. But I, I love a lot of receivers in this class. I don't want to reach for him right away. Okay. Because there's a ton of receivers in this draft. I think 
I want us to go offensive. And so my third dream scenario is that in the first two rounds, we go line and line, meaning we take either an offensive or defensive lineman with the first pick, and then whatever one we don't take with our second pick, we take the other one. Okay. You have one first-round pick this year, right? Yeah. Okay. Last year was the two first rounds. Okay. And then my last one, number five, we draft Bryce Love out of Stanford. Hopefully with hopefully he'll fall out of the third or fourth I would round. Put him in, I would put him in the third. Third or fourth round. I want Bryce Love. I want him paired with LaShawn McCoy and Chris Ivory. I think that makes an incredible trio of running backs. Uh, to utilize, I think that Bryce learns a lot from both of those guys because I think he does everything well as a running back. He pass protects well. He's great at the backfield. Um, he's, he's very quick, but he also can run over guys when he wants to. So I think you put him right in between a guy like Shady who dodges everybody and catches and a guy like Ivory who is a one-cut bulldozer right into a guy, and you put both those together, you get Bryce Love. I think you can learn a ton from them, and I think that eventually, by the end of the year, he can be the heir apparent to LaShawn McCoy, and I would love it. To say, okay, so... This is my dream scenario. Yeah, my questions uh, about that is, do you feel like if you did take love, the team would need to retain Ivory? I don't know. I feel like they're semi-similar, where they wouldn't want to keep two backs like that on the team, on the roster. I just feel like we wouldn't move on from Ivory in his contract unless somebody traded for him, and I don't think anybody's going to trade for Chris Ivory. Okay. I don't think we would just dump money for no reason. I think that Ivory still has a role to play. He plays well on special teams still, and he's still a good goal linebacker, and you saw during the season, at least I did, he was very effective when Shady was down and when we needed somebody to step up. So... Okay. Yeah. Our first win of the season, Shady McCoy was out against the Vikings, and Chris Ivory took over, had over 100 yards of scrimmage and a touchdown. So. Yeah. Good point, good point. I'm going to double down a little bit and make you get a little more specific. I'm going to okay. make you play GM now, and you okay. said one and two, you go line and line. Mm-hmm. What do you feel would be the better option? Obviously, it depends on how draft boards fall and whatnot, oh, really but you're us. making this one up. So I really love us to get Ed Oliver or Josh Allen, ironically. Uh, one of those rushers in the first round. I don't know if Allen will fall. But I don't know if either of those guys will get to dine, which is where we are. But you do at Oliver out of uh, Houston, right? Yeah. DT could, I do love could fill in for, uh, for for Kyle Williams. Yeah. I think you pair him with because we're much more of a, we're, we're much more of a four three than we are a three four. Yeah. So we I love Harrison Phillips. We got last year, out of, also out of Stanford. Defensive tackle when he was drafted in the third round, people have always said it's Kyle Williams Jr. Like that's who he is. He's got that motor. I think you pair him with an Ed Oliver. I think that's just amazing right up the middle. And Jerry Hughes had one of the best rushing seasons of any defensive end in the NFL, and nobody was talking about it. Yeah. You know he didn't have the numbers in terms of sacks. He had ten plus sacks, but he just pressure after pressure after pressure. And Shaq, saw a tackler. Well. Former former first former first round pick Shaq Lawson out of Clemson, had a great comeback season this past year in his third year. was super impressed with him. But uh, so I really think you get another guy to add to that middle of the line or even, you know, on the line. I think we just get so much better because I love the way that Tremaine Edmonds developed last year. Yeah. Middle linebacker Matt Milano will be back from injury, who was an incredible linebacker for us last year. Our secondary is very solid still with Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Tredavious White. Uh, undra- undrafted rookie Levi Wallace had, out of Alabama had some incredible play last year as well. So I do, I, I do think we need a corner or two still in the draft. Uh, but I think you had one more piece on that defensive line, and we just 
I mean, we were a top five defense last year. Yeah. People don't talk about that because we lost a lot of games. And our first couple ones were by a lot of points. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think you add that so that in the in the second round and in the later rounds, you can get more offensive line talent to help round out that unit as well. I think that I think the sky's the limit for this Buffalo team if we can round out those lines. I really do because you know, and in, if we're talking about my dream scenario, you've already added two great wide receiver weapons in free agency and, and through the trades. Yeah. And then you drafted a, a solid playmaking running back that can play a lot of different positions and roles in your offense. And then you filled out both lines and you've done everything you needed to do. And the only other question mark is, can Josh Allen progress? And I believe he will. So that would be a lot of fun. I think it'd be amazing. And I think I truly believe, and we're going to continue more and more to talk about this. And, it, and we will see, Again, like a, a lot of this will change when we see the moves that actually are made. I truly believe the Bills can and should challenge for the division this year. I do believe that. There you go. From, from you seeing go. from from seeing every game, every play, more than once for some of them, <laughs> I just I feel like we're not that far. So that's my dream vacation for the Buffalo Bills. There you go. There you go. I'm going to talk about uh, Green Bay. Could talk about Miami, but I feel like they're just gonna clean house and do all sorts of yeah. of wacky things. Yeah, I feel like that's the right move for them. I feel like yeah. we were talking about. It. I don't remember when we were talking about it, but we talked about if they signed Le'Veon and drafted Kyler, they should just challenge and and try to win a wild card spot or something. I feel like I said the last three head coaches two have made it their rookie year and then regressed, and I feel like that was a reason yeah. they got ousted relatively early if you want to say that or maybe you thought some stay too long right anyways i i do want flores to stink and mm-hmm. and learn i wanted to truly learn what it means to be a head coach instead okay. of kind of succeeding off the cuff or okay. or whatnot i think a lot of great a lot of the greats have learned that way look at belichick he was awful his his first try, if you want to say that. Uh, I mean, a lot of people say that if Belichick were a head coach in today's NFL, he would have never become Belichick because nobody would have given him those two three years that he needed to become what he was. Yeah. So Carroll back back way back when got fired from the Jets and went to college and came mm-hmm. back and whatnot. So I think it really does take uh, failing to learn truly how to succeed. I think it can be easy to succeed right away, but it's learning that stability and how to sustain that. Yes. So I, I, I approve of Miami, the choices they made. Flores is the only five-year contract of the new head coaches that was signed. Everyone had less time. Wow. Usually it's four, but they did give him five. Wow. I feel like they were that probably... Is, that's probably a sign that they are rebuilding this I think year. They, yeah. I think Greer... And hopefully Ross were very honest. They're like, look, we have some pieces right now. We're not afraid to get rid of those pieces, even if people don't necessarily like it. But we're looking to build long-term versus doing this dance that Absolutely. we've been doing the past decade. Absolutely. So that's my Miami rant. Let's talk about the dream offseason for, for Green Bay because it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. I feel like last year they were obviously in the spot – uh, when they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, but we talked about it numerous times. It's the first year since his first year taking over that they didn't make the playoffs when Aaron Rodgers was primarily the starter for most of the year. 
So they're in some uncharted territory. They have a brand new head coach. That hasn't happened uh, since the mid-2000s as well. So, dream scenario. I'm going to steal your answer because I'm also going to trade for Antonio Brown. I figured, I figured you would. I mean, I think it would be silly. It's disgusting. It'd be silly for anybody to be like, no, we don't want Antonio right. Brown. Right. Most I teams mean, are yeah, he, would be like, I he, want Antonio he Brown. He can bring some drama. But if you think about it, most of the major stars do in some way or another. I also think, and I'll just interject real No, it's quick, okay. I really think that the drama, I'm doing air quotes around Antonio, is just that he had to cause havoc to get out. Yeah. And that sucks, and that's tough, and I do think it will stick with him for most of his career. But I really think that if he gets into a better scenario where he feels respected and, and loved, then he's fine. I'm not worried about that. One thing I do want to say about that as well is we've seen stars in the NFL across all sports where if they create drama, they don't perform as well because they're so distracted or there's so much going around. Antonio Brown led the NFL in receiving touchdowns. Right, he was still Antonio Brown right. the whole time. So he didn't he didn't hit 1,500 yards this year. It doesn't matter. He just doesn't want to be embarrassed by his quarterback on the field, which is, you know, at first I thought it was like, okay, buddy, you're still a player. You can make mistakes. But when they started describing it, and I saw people talk about it, it was like Ben just calls you out because he wants to feel powerful. Right. And he, I don't I don't want, I don't jive with I mean, that. Big Ben has you, like you like sure, you're Antonio Brown, you're one of the best, if not the best receiver in the NFL. Most things you do are good, but you should still be able to be coached. Absolutely. But he's not saying that. He's saying that Ben has an ownership mentality where he'll call out coaches, players, whatever. And I don't drive with that at all, so I don't blame Antonio for leaving. I, mean, I guarantee you it won't be like that. And we've seen that. I mean, we've, <laughs> we've seen that. I mean, that whether or not you think it was the right move, that is what got Haley shipped out of town. That was, remember, last year, I, don't I guess Haley. like two years ago. Big Ben's like, I'm going to retire. Until Haley's like, now I actually want to play like five more years because he got what he wanted. So yep. didn't Big Ben likes to be that leader. He doesn't like being put down or anything. And I don't know necessarily too much about that relationship. But get Antonio Brown, you pair him with Devontae Adams, and that could be lethal. It could be lethal. Be gross. My number two, um, kind of. Did Green Bay finish third in the North? Yes. So they're going to have to play Buffalo again next year. <laughs> so they going to kind of lump a few free agents into this. This is what I'm going to call it the, the free agent pool kind of. Oh, okay. Uh, I want to re-sign Wilkerson if he is available for a similar Good. contract Good. as he was last year. Obviously, he didn't light anything up by any means of the imagination, but he only lasted five games, and that he had like three tackles. It was nothing impressive, but I feel like keeping that veteran leadership there and a player who can it's perform, especially when he has the familiarity of, of being in Petten's system, I think that's very important. The other thing I really want to do, and I'm going to put in this because I feel like this is kind of like the bargain free agent right here. I feel like this, is, this could be very realistic. I feel like Justin Houston is going to be on the cut block. I feel like he struggled with his health, obviously, and that will be a risk, especially when you're talking about Green Bay, whose outside linebackers have dealt with injury right. uh, histories and, and whatnot. But Green Bay signed, or I don't know, signed, they hired from Kansas City their linebacking coach. So he's very comfortable with Justin Houston. He was there for the 20 sack season. He knows yeah. how to tap into this guy. And if he can just stay healthy, I think yeah. he can still be extremely dominant. Yeah. I know you know that's a player that I 
love very, very yeah. much. So kind of get those two. I think they can be quote-unquote bargains. And I feel like if you keep okay. them, it can be could be very, very good. Number three, I want to target a safety. Okay. This one is, I've been going back and forth with who I want. If I want Manny Collins. Honey, I thought you were going to say Honey Badger. Oh, that'd be interesting. I, he, who is I guess gonna, he would put, a, I would put gonna, him on third on my list. He's going to become a free agent. He would, I, would put him on, I would put him three on my list. Okay. Right now, battling between Landon Collins or Earl Thomas. So I don't know. I feel like I was thinking about this as we were walking around the ship today. I think for this scenario, the intelligent answer would be Earl Thomas because I think he's going to help you more right now. I think he's going to be that ball hawk that he's always been that can help get the ball back to the offense to, to score. I feel like Landon Collins is more sustainable. I feel like he's the tackler that I would want to, okay. to build around. Okay. But I feel like the odds would probably be better for Earl Thomas to end up in Green Bay. Okay. Number four, this one uh, is a little weird maybe, but I really want to re-sign Mercedes Lewis. I want okay. to keep him around. I know he was he was grossly underused last year. Was something that always bothered me, but he is a heck of a blocker. Well, Lafleur will use him. Not only Lafleur, but Hackett. Yeah. Who had him from his time well, in Jacksonville? He also loves more than one tight end sets from his time in Buffalo. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think those two will know how to use him really well. Kind of, they're going to keep Jimmy. Graham by all accounts from, from what I've been hearing and whatnot, there's always surprise things that happen. You're like, oh, that's kind of what against what they said, but I would personally want to keep Jimmy Graham. I think you they will draft probably with that second first round pick if they don't trade it, because I do feel like that would be the one that got traded mm-hmm. for AB. If not, then if they did in the second, I would like instantly say trade that pick out and get get a couple more what yeah. you lost for the AB pick digress um but you have jimmy graham then you have mercedes lewis and then you would have one of those higher profile rookie tight ends i think that could be really really great absolutely especially with how they're going to most likely run that offense then number five um i don't really i think this one's vague and broad i don't i don't have a game plan set for this yet but you just need to continue addressing that offensive line it's not awful. Like they have a few key pieces, I think. Uh, Bakhtiari on the left tackle and Lindsay at center are pretty solid. But other than that, I can't name anybody I'm very super comfortable with. You, they've drafted bits and pieces that they thought would work, but that's not like panned out or whatnot. So if that's through free agency, if that's through the draft, we'll see. But I think you just need to patch up that line because yeah. you have you have Aaron Jones who has proven that. Anytime he touches the ball, he can take it. Yeah. Uh, you have obviously Aaron Rodgers, who is one of the most gifted quarterbacks, whether inside or outside the pocket, if he has that time. And so, I just really want to see those things start to get addressed. And yeah. if you if you have that, and you can keep Rodgers upright more, reduce that amount of hits, then be in the playoffs once again. Well, I'd be afraid of that team. <laughs> Right, uh, to get all those guys would be a little silly, but, you know. Wow. It's a dream vacation. Uh, yeah, I think that Green Bay would be right back to what Green Bay normally is, although 
Excuse me. I think that uh, almost Adam's nap time. <laughs> I think that the NFC North is another tough division as well with with Chicago that we both talk about. We consider that them being a possibility of progressing for sure. Uh, did Detroit's only going to get better? And of course Minnesota as well. So I will be very tuned into that division this off season and coming year to see what what, what happens with them because. Anything really could happen. I could see if you told me right now that any one of those four teams is going to win the division. If you said they're going to win, or they're going to win, or they're going to win, or they're going to win, I'd be like, all right, I believe it. Yeah, I probably wouldn't believe it for Detroit. But... I would. I mean, they're. Not, I mean, they're really not that bad of a football team, and they were in a lot of games this year. They just couldn't finish. You had a couple more pieces on on both sides of their line and some defensive talent, and I think they're right there. So yeah, they could be. So we'll see what happens. All right, moving on. Maybe our last segment of the show, but we'll we'll see when we get there. We'll see when we get there. So one of Adam's favorite things he's discovered about being on on the cruise is a game show that is, at least whenever I've been on a cruise, uh, it's always been a, a game and probably is on, on a majority of cruise ships, and that is the newlywed, not-so-newlywed game. It's where three couples come, the couple who's been married the longest, a couple that's been married the shortest, and then someone in between. And uh, it's very, very fun based on the game, the newlywed game. And so they ask questions, and the couples answer them about each other. Adam had a hoot. It's a lot of fun. I was seasick that day. <laughs> I mean, watched, we both were at different points. I watched it. I watched it uh, on TV the next day, got the got the good jokes from, from my buddy. So we're going to talk about uh, the the new coaches. And uh, so they're, they're newly married, which new coach and new team do you feel like has the best marriage moving forward my friend I mean we talked I talked about Matt LaFleur and in Green Bay being a great fit a lot you know I really really love that combination a ton I just think that the youthful exuberance of LaFleur combined with Aaron Rodgers I just think I think it's going to be scary. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be back to MVP form. I, I don't know if they'll land AB or not. I would love them to, but that'll just be another added piece. You know, I just, I really, really think that the two of them make a great marriage and a great couple. I just, I think they're going to challenge each other uh, in a good way. Sometimes challenging each other is not. Very good. You know, but the uh, coaching staff has come out and they said, we truly feel like Aaron does want to be coached. All yeah. these things about people saying he, he doesn't or he takes I, over. I just I don't think it was a matter of he didn't want to be coached by McCarthy. I just think that McCarthy wasn't that great of a head coach. And McCarthy, at a, I think at a certain point, Aaron outgrew McCarthy. Yeah. And he became better than McCarthy. And McCarthy was trying to call these plays and Aaron's like, no, that's like I'm better than that. Let's do other things. And McCarthy didn't want to do it. And I think that LaFleur is going to be like, I know this is going to work. You know this is going to work. Let's figure out a way to find out the best combination, the best marriage of the two. So I, I really, again, I, I was all on it when we talked about our favorite best coaching hires. And I said, LaFleur, I'm still sticking to it. I think that they, it's going to be a great combo. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to kind of double down on what I talked about earlier. But I think maybe... And this comes with a bit of a caveat because I'm going to say Flores in Miami, okay. and that the the stipulation or or whatnot is because I don't think that necessarily means success. Okay. I think 
when it comes to a great marriage, it's not always the flashiest. It's not like, oh, look at us. It is stability, and it's being able to rely on one another and kind of lean on one another. Absolutely. And I feel like with what I talked about earlier, Miami is going to grant him the time to do that. Mm -hmm. And like I said, that probably won't mean success this year, um, but hopefully moving forward it will, and and, and we'll, we'll see, obviously, that that's to be determined. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Miami did a lot of great things. I think the hiring of... Oh my gosh, now I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Caldwell, Jim Caldwell, former Indianapolis and, and Detroit head coach. He's coming on to be an advisor, an assistant head coach. I think he's really going to help Flores learn the ins and outs of head coaching while Flores maneuvers different aspects of it mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. And I think he's really put together a pretty solid staff. And as long yeah. as... as Greer has his back, and I think that is something that I haven't seen since my fandom or my my true intelligence of the game has come around. There, there hasn't been a head coach that's been hired. I know with with a first year GM is what I'm trying to say. It's been one way or the other, where they have the head coach and they bring on a new GM, or yeah. they have the GM and they bring on the yeah. head coach. These two are starting together for the first time to truly set out. So Greer's been given the GM rights and this is the guy he wants and they have that partnership, they have that relationship prior and I feel like that was a big reason mm -hmm. that Flores got hired and I, I said it on the show, he wasn't my first choice but I feel like that prior relationship was probably a big part of it and that's because they know each other and I feel like if we're talking marriage and talking about that stability and that trust, mm -hmm. that that is why I would I would say those too. So, okay. Yeah. I think I hope this doesn't sound bad to say it, but I think that Flores is going to be a success no matter what happens. But it may not mean that he himself is the head coach when they have success. What do you mean by that? I think that Flores and Greer, mm -hmm. right? I think the two of them are going to build a really great team. I just hope that they're around to see it come to fruition. Okay. I think that you know, we make fun of Jeff Fisher all the time, but Jeff Fisher put together a very good team Yeah, that ended up being taken over by McVay and two years later was in the Super Bowl. Right. I, I see a very similar fate for, for Miami. I think that Flores and Greer are going to build this team really well. I just hope that they're the ones that get to see it when it when it reaches where, they're, where they want to go. Uh, but in today's NFL, it, it may be two and a half, three years, and then they're ousted, and then the next guy comes in and is like, Wait, I have all these pieces to work with, and yeah. then boom, you're right there again. Right. So, but I, I really do believe that they're both smart enough to put together a very good football team. So, which is not very fun for me as a Bills fan because I want us to own the division. Yeah, I mean, it's going to make it more twenty five. Going to make it more entertaining. Twenty five years, my God. Yep. We're not going to see another Patriots dynasty. We're not going to have the Bills dynasty. Twenty five years is longer than the Pats, so okay. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> it could still be twenty five years. It'll be like one year, and then we'll be back to rebuilding again. Anyways, anything else? Any any tidbits? Anything you want to throw out there for the the good people out there, my friend? I know it's your nap time. No, I just I've been trying to think of stuff, but uh, not really fun Twitter things because I don't have Twitter here on the, on the boat. <laughs> but uh, I've been thinking. I've been thinking of should we try to do a friend's fortune and like? I don't know what that would look like. I don't know when we're gonna do our next episode. Is the thing? Say we're about to enter our. 
mini extended vacation of the show. So right. Before so. the league year is about to start in just a few days. So we probably. Free agency will start in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, so maybe we don't do it. AB is going to be in Buffalo. It's a friend's fortune. Probably not. I do envision him in San Francisco or Green Bay. I think those are top two right now. Yeah. At least in my head. Where Where would you think? I think San Francisco makes a lot of sense. But I think the thing is, he just truly doesn't have any powers to say where he goes. Pittsburgh might not get rid of him. So I don't see that happening. They've been very... I see, I see Le'Veon and Antonio being gone. Well, could be. But they have been very vocal. The team has been very vocal about how they're not just going to give him away for nothing. So, Another smokescreen, in my opinion. Could be, but we saw him do the same move last year and didn't mind not having that player. So I mean, I think they minded, but <laughs> well, they I think they minded missing the playoffs. I don't think that was a tribute to Le'Veon. I think James did just fine. I think James did just fine too, but I feel like if they had Le'Veon, they would have made the playoffs. I don't think that was the, the reason for the collapse of that team. I mean, not not logistically speaking, but if you don't have any of that drama, I think you absolutely make the playoffs. We'll never know. We will never know. Regardless, uh, Adam is going to go take his nap now, so we're going to get ready to well, sign off. I don't know. Maybe. Vacation Adam's getting cranky. So, we are getting ready to leave. <laughs> we'll be docked back in the United States tomorrow. So, our dream vacation is coming to an end. I need to go finish my secret South African project. Yeah, Josh fell in love with the South African on a cruise. I did. Her name is Lazani DeWall. Okay, well, just give her personal information away. God. Oh. Her name's Beth. <laughs> I've got to go finish my last night project for her, so. It's adorable. Ugh, God. Anyways, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, enjoy the... AAF, well, we don't have our NFL. Yeah, I've enjoyed some of the some of the games and the highlights. But uh, anyway, make sure you check out the Pocket Podcast Network that we're on, some of the shows that they do. Make sure you check out uh, our buddies at Inspired But Tired. Kayla and Haley post some really great work. And uh, anything else you want to plug? Nope. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless.